Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Diane Bruno. Diane is the owner of Diane Bruno Freelance, LLC. She is a blogger, freelance writer, digital content writer, funeral director, and specializes (laughs) in life transitions. No stranger to life's detours after more than 20 years as a public relations professional in New York City, she's decided to make a seismic career change and became a funeral director. Years later, after working as a funeral director, an injury sidetracked her career and she transitioned once again, deciding to tap back into her one true passion, writing. Welcome, Diane. How are you today? I'm great, Terry. I'm happy to be here. How are you? I'm I'm very good, and I'm happy to have you too. So you. you certainly are the queen of transitioning. We'll start with your first transition. You went from a public relations professional to a funeral director. What made you want to transition to such an unrelated career? A lot of soul searching, and I really, truly wanted to make a difference in people's lives, especially when they need it most. Um, Working in public relations in New York City, especially, is very cutthroat. I dealt with a lot of egos. I felt like at the end of the day, I wasn't making a difference in people's lives. I wasn't pleased with what I was doing, and it was reflecting in a lot of things in my life. A very good friend of mine who worked for a law firm, he decided that he wanted to be a nurse, something that he'd always had on the back burner. And I decided, well, if he's pursuing something that he really wants to do, I want to pursue something that I really want to do. And when I lost my mother back in 1992, it was a sudden death. It was a shock. Mm. And I was very impressed with the funeral director that handled her services. And I remember asking him a very direct pointed question. And I said, how do you live each day making a living off of other people's pain? And he looked at me and he took a step back and he said, well, I like to think of it as helping people when they need it most. So, which is very, very true. So So true. true. So true. So I was very impressed with him. So it was something always in the back burner of my mind. Mm -hmm. So when my friend Tim said that he was making a transition, I was like, well, I want to make a transition. I don't feel like I have a whole lot of meaning in my life right now through my work. I did, of course, personally, but through my work. Right. So I worked as a head of marketing for a company in New York City. There was an online course I was able to take to get my degree in mortuary science. It takes about two years. It took me about three years because I was doing it part time, working full time during the day. So I did that. Then I got licensed, did my apprenticeship um, in Connecticut. I'm originally a New Yorker. Then I moved to Cape Cod to work as a funeral director. My friend Tim lives there. So I thought that would be a great transition. Right. And then I sustained an injury on the job. And unfortunately for a funeral director, which is really something the funeral industry needs to rethink. (laughs) If you can't lift 100 pounds, there's really no place for you in the industry. So having sustained this injury while I was taking a loved one into my care, I popped a disc in my back and I could Mm -hmm. no longer be a funeral director. So that was, you know, you say to yourself, why is the universe doing this? Who knows why? But so then I had to transition back 
Um, I moved back to Connecticut, transitioned back into writing internal communications at that point. So I went, I mean, the one constant has always been writing that I've loved. It was the PR world I wasn't too enamored with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I made my transition back into writing. I launched a lifestyle brand called Hello Self, and I have a blog, HelloSelf.com. And it talks about all of life's transitions, divorces, marriages, a new birth, um, change of a job, being laid off. That's what I specialize in all life transitions because we're going through them every day, whether we realize that or not. And some are forced upon us and we don't welcome them. And some just, just are, you know, by our own choice. Right. So that's kind of like when I carved down my niche to do a blog, because, you know, they always talk about how you have to have a niche. You can't just talk about everything and anything. No, no. The niche is always better. Yep. The niche is always better. So um, that's when I decided on transitions because I know it so well. So, yeah. And you know what? We do all go through transitions. I remember in 1985, I moved. So I'm moving my household, started a new job and lost my mother all at the same time. It was a horrific like year trying to work through all of that because even just moving is a lot, you know, you're changing your kids' schools and you're getting used to new neighbors. And, and then I changed jobs on top of it. And then I lost my mother. So it was a lot to deal with. I can relate to that because I started a new job, lost my father and moved also (laughs) within like, within like three months. And it was, I mean, the new job and the move was something I had planned on losing my father was not um, something that I anticipated. So I was, all this just came crashing down on me. And that's why I say sometimes it's, it's not by our own choice, but the universe has a plan in place and all these transitions happen in clusters and that can be really overwhelming. So I can really relate to what you're saying. Yeah. So how do you feel that journaling helps you to be mindful and more resilient? Well, I have a journal, Hello mm-hmm. Self, uh, Living Your Legacy, that's available on Amazon if somebody would like to purchase that. Um, right. And this particular journal talks about, you know, we, when we think about a legacy, we think about when we've passed and what we've left behind. Right. But that legacy is being carved out every single solitary day of our lives, whether we're aware of it or not. And this journal that I put together actually makes you aware of what you're doing each day, what you may like to change, what you're grateful for, whose life you made a difference in. So you're kind of building your legacy every day throughout this journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the, at the end of the journal, um, you write your own um, eulogy, so to speak, oh. what you would like to, yeah, what you would like to be remembered for. Right. So you're sort of like whoever's going to be presenting your eulogy, if indeed you're doing that, right. you're sort of writing it for them and, and, and highlighting the key points so they can hit those key points when you've transitioned to the next, to the next chapter. Right. So journaling can be very cathartic. When I worked with a lot of families in the funeral industry and they'd lost somebody and we um, got close and talking and so forth, I would always encourage them to journal. Think about, you know, put down on paper. It's a non-judgment zone. You can put down anything you want. Of course, they're grieving right now. They're angry. They're going through all of that process. Put that down on paper. Um, where you hope to be in a few months, what you'll remember about your loved ones. Journaling can encompass a lot of different topics. Um, and oftentimes it helps them as they went through the grieving process. And I did hear from a family a year after they had lost their loved one and they kept journaling that whole year. And looking back on it, it actually brought them a lot of peace. Um, That's, you know, so um, there's a big move toward gratitude journals. Everybody has a gratitude journal now. They do. Yeah. Supposed to always wake up being, you know, happy for what you have, but you know, it's, it's not a hundred percent sustainable. Some days just suck and that's fine. 
we need to recognize that. So, you know, everything is in balance, the positive and the negative. So journaling is a great way to get it all out there. It doesn't have to be pigeonholed where I need to only write down the things that I'm grateful for. No, write down the things yeah. you're not grateful for, the things that make you angry, the things that happened today that didn't seem fair. I mean, you know, there's there's a balance in life. It's not all it's all not white light for sure. So Right. And I think by getting it out onto paper, it kind of releases it and you can let it go. Otherwise, sometimes people just keep stuffing their feelings down mm -hmm. and think do. that it's not affecting them, but it can affect your health. It can affect everything. You've got to get everything. them out and release them. Yes. And it's funny when you look back and you read things about how upset you were about something that happened a month ago, you laugh about it because you're like, it no longer has any bearing on how, how I feel. So it's great to get it out there. You know, that's it's why I think journaling is a wonderful thing. Now, tell us a little bit more about your, um, it's called, I had it written down. I, oh, yeah. Hello self. So is it a 90 day journal or is it longer than that? Or can you make it any length you want? What, what is it's, it? The one that you have for sale? It actually is a 90 day journal. Okay. Um, it takes you through three months. Okay. And again, as I said, at the end of it, you get to write your own eulogy, which may sound depressing to people, but you know, we have a problem in this country in embracing death as we have a problem embracing aging as, right. as we know. Um, we do. Yeah. So it's, it's a 90 day and hopefully at the end of the 90 days, you will have a more comfortable relationship with the one inevitable that we all share. Right. You know, hopefully it's way in the future, but you know, yeah. so in, and to also evaluate your life and how you're living today, what you want to be remembered for. Um, if you're on a trajectory, that's not exactly where you would like to be. It gives you the the impetus to change, to make different right. changes in your life that are, that'll be good for you. That'll be good for your family. So it's, it's not just about the ultimate transition. It's about living your life to that point. What do you want to change? What do you want to enhance? Um, what are you grateful for? What are you not grateful for? So while it has one trajectory, there's so many other things that are going on through the process um, that, that are very interesting for, e for each person who's done it because they found out things about themselves they weren't aware of things that they wanted to change and hopefully had a better relationship with um, the inevitable one day that will happen. Not that you need to keep the front of mind every day. No. <laughs> no, but you know, there's so many things that we don't just stop and think about and they're good to think about and talk about them. You know, so many things we're so busy with everyday life that where there's so many things we don't discuss now tomorrow's Thanksgiving. And yes. when my family comes, my daughter already has a million and one questions about my mother, my grandmother, because my mother died when I was 35. So my children were very young. So yes. they don't really remember her. They don't know a lot about her. So they have a lot of questions. So I said, this is great. We're going to start talking about family. My mother was a very strong woman. My grandmother was a very strong woman. And thank God, my grandmother, I guess she journaled for her time. She wrote stories and she wrote about oh, her childhood, childhood memories. And then she was actually in Germany during World War II. And she wrote a little wow. book about it. She actually published wow. her little book for the family members. So it's a Amazing. little book called Of Gloomy Days and Nights. But she gave all of her children and grandchildren a copy, which I thought was fabulous. That so is fabulous. Yeah. So now we know a little bit about there's still a lot of questions because you read and you go, oh, my God, I wish I'd asked her this or I wish I'd asked her that. There's still a lot of questions, but at least we have some basis of what she was going through during the war. And it's so helpful. And that's because she loved to write. 
I didn't real I didn't really stop to think a lot about that, that my grandmother was always writing. She loved to write things down. And that's a good thing. I do a lot of writing, but I don't journal. So I think maybe it's time that I start journaling because then you can see the day to day feelings and things that happen. So very true. Yeah, yeah, very true. And I often think that now, you know, how we live in this electronic world and technology and so forth. We send each other emails, we send each other texts, instant messages and so forth. And, and you know, years ago, people wrote letters and people yes. kept those letters tied up with a nice little ribbon that, that you know, your family found in the attic years after. Um, right. But they, they were a history of your family, a history of a relationship. And now we're not going to really have that. I mean, what no. are you going to have a bunch of emails tied up with a string in the, in the attic? No, you know. Exactly. So it, we, we, yeah, we've, we've lost a lot in that, in that communication, you know, technology is great. You can keep in contact with somebody across the world and, and right. so forth. That is great, but we've lost a lot in the transition. Another transition we've we lost have. a lot. And of you that. know what? I, I keep way too much stuff, but I have letters that I wrote home when I was at Girl Scout camp and friends, oh. letters from friends when I was at camp and I, my brother, when he was away at college, he wrote to me, I've kept everything. I keep all that and paper's easy to keep. I can scan it later and just, you know, get rid sure. of, but I like keeping the original. So I have all of that. And like you said, my kids don't have that. They really That's don't true. because they, they lost that in the transition. And I love having those letters to look back on and, and keepsakes. And it brings back a lot of good memories. And uh, so if you journal, that's one way of allowing your family and friends to know what you were feeling mm -hmm. later on when you're gone. Like 100 years from now, that could be valuable to know mm -hmm. what people were thinking at this period in time, because we're going through a lot of turmoil nationally. Because, and yes. internet. So it might be good to have that. What were people thinking? What were they, what were their opinions on what was going on? So I think it's just good to have all that written down. I agree. It's history. It's not only yeah. your family's history, but it's, it's a glimpse into the history of the time. Yes, absolutely. Is there yeah. one thing that you think um, would benefit boomers, particularly by journaling? Is there like one thing you would say, oh, this is a reason boomers should really think about journaling? You know, I, I think that, you know, we're all making so many changes in our careers and in our lives now. You know, it used to be somebody joined, a, you know, a job at 20 years old and they stayed there and got the gold watch and so forth. All that has changed. People are constantly changing careers, constantly changing, changing interests and so forth. By journaling, you get to really see um, where you've been, um, what your successes have been, what you're most proud of, and what's kind of missing, you know, what you would like to pursue. So it's a great way of of tapping into yourself. And it's a great way of planning out the future because there is a future and there's so many different things you could do at so many different stages of life. I mean, I became a funeral director in my 40s. Right. You know, it's usually it's usually something somebody does right out of college. Um so, I mean, there are so many things that I still want to do. One of the things that it, that's on my radar is to perhaps become a life coach because I have lived through so many different things. Um, and it's a big thing now, life coaching. So I'm, I'm going to be taking some classes in that to get to become a certified life coach. And whether I do it now or I do it in a few years, I don't know. But I, it's something that I have in my wheelhouse of things to do and things that are of interest to me. Right. So journaling is a great way of, of, of figuring all that out. Put down the feelings every day, put down, you know, what you're most proud of, what you're most successful at, what you're good at, what, whose life you made a difference in today. And right. that can oftentimes, you know, impact what you want to do in the future. I know people, um, 
I always loved counseling the families and meeting with the families. And once I was no longer to do that, able to do that because of my injury, I, I always was getting feedback about people, how they enjoyed talking to me or how they enjoyed running their problems by, by me and, and always made them feel better. And I, I think that's right. a wonderful compliment. So that's when one of my friends said, you know what, you'd be a great life coach. And I was like, I really never thought of that. So surrounding yourself with a community that knows you well, knows what your strengths and what your weaknesses are and supports you. No energy vampires allowed. That's what I say. Right. Uh, Yeah. But um, yeah, so journaling is a wonderful way to tap into yourself. And there's, there's, you know, if you're retired, that doesn't mean that your career is over. It doesn't mean that your work life is over. Absolutely not. Think of it as a transition. And if you don't want to do anything, no shame there either, but we need to keep vital. We need to keep doing things. And the internet, there's so many classes that are available, so many things that you can do. Um, and journaling might be the way that you need to narrow down what your next chapter is going to be. Right. That's so true. I started real estate at 55. So that was late yeah. too. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. And then I started my podcast at age 70. So I'm always looking for new things to do and new That's things amazing. to try. <laughs> That's great. And so much yeah. of people saying that boomers don't know anything about technology, right? Oh, you can learn it. It's not that hard. It's no, really no. not. It, it's really not. It's not brain surgery. It's, it's really not. It's definitely not. And the thing is, keep up with it because if you keep up with it, it's easier. But if you don't learn anything about it and then right. you want to jump in, it's much harder. It's so, much harder. You have yeah. to evolve with the time to some extent. Absolutely. Yeah, you so. need the smartphone. Like, you know, don't just go with the flip phone because you've always had one. Learn how to use a <laughs> smartphone. And a lot of boomers are because they want the pictures of their grandchildren. They want to keep in touch with them. So they, and that's great. I think it's great. So get the smartphone, stay up on computers and how they work. The more you do, the more you engage, the happier you'll be. Absolutely. Learning is really stimulating the brain. Absolutely. So it's, it's, and um, I'm also a copywriter. I'm going to be starting a new um, opportunity on Monday. Um, I'm a contractor for Pearson who does the online learning. So I'm like, that's very exciting because what's more transitional than learning something new. So it ties into my, into my life's goals, so to speak. And um, there's, there's no obstacle to learning something new nowadays. If you can't get to the physical classroom, have everything that you could possibly want online. And and I prefer it that way too. So yes. um, there are, there are less obstacles to shifting, making transitions, um, looking at something that you might be of interest um, to you. There's no roadblocks anymore. The internet yeah. has really opened all that up. So no, that is one of the very good things about the internet, that it did open a lot of doors and especially for boomers, because we might not want to be doing a lot of traveling and going out and mm-hmm. taking classes at night, yeah. driving at night, all that. You can do it all sitting at home on your computer. You so, absolutely can. It's so, so easy. You really do have the, the world at your, uh, at your fingertips. Right. Yep. And the other thing you can do if you don't want to do any of that go volunteer somewhere, at least go volunteer once or twice a week, because then you're out, you're with people, because we're social beings. If you don't do social things, you will start to kind of wither. And, you know, you're not thinking when you're out with people, you're talking, you're conversing. And Mm -hmm. and like, you know, new ideas come up, like you thought you never thought about life coach until someone brought it up. But Mm -hmm. if you're out with people, those kind of things come up in conversation. They do. They do. And the people who know you well are going to contribute the most to to you, yeah. of course. Yeah. No, I yeah. absolutely agree. So there should be no obstacles for sure. No, absolutely yeah. not. And boomers make great coaches because of our life experiences. 
Absolutely. I mean, there was no, as I was looking at life coach, I was like, who wants a 20 year old life coach who hasn't really experienced anything? Right. It is the one thing where experience is, is the foundation of being a good life coach. Yes. And unfortunately now with, with people starting as young as 40 who are looking for, for a job, a regular nine to five or whatever it may be, there's a lot of ageism out there. People are being told to eliminate experience from their CV, their resume. I, I mean, know. who would ever have thought? Right. <laughs> I mean, it was always more and more experience made you more marketable and so forth. Now it's, if you have too much experience, it's an indicator that you're of a certain demographic age and right. we don't want you. Right. And it's, it's illegal. It's number yep. one, it's illegal. But they get and away it's with unethical. it. They get no, away with it. They get away with it because yep. they know how to work around it. Yep. So, and there's, there's so much being discussed right now about ageism and, um, but it doesn't have that, backing that we need to really have companies change the way they think. Right. Um, and it's unfortunate. And and that cliche of people over 40, you don't know technology or this and that. Well, you know, the millennials are That's now approaching. Right. Yeah, and they're approaching 40. So right. what's going to happen there? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's the one thing we all have in common is if we're blessed, we're going to age. Yep. And we're going to pass on to something else. It's it's the one thing ageism is the one ism we will probably all experience. Right. Right, sexism, not point. so much. Racism, not so much. Or sexism, not so much. But we are all going to age. Right. And for there to be a window of like 20 to 40 to work and be productive and be marketable, right. that is lunacy. I just don't get it. So. Especially with our life expectancy today. Yes. I mean, it's so mm -hmm. much longer than that, that, you know, it doesn't make sense. And most boomers want to work at least until 70 today. They do. Yes. They, they want to stay in the workforce. So if they lose their job with one company at 50 and they can't find another job because of ageism, that's horrible. And guess what? Boom Boomers are way more reliable than younger people, and we I have know. a lot more experience, so we make fewer mistakes. So uh, there's a lot of value to hiring boomers. And I think boomers are, are we're starting to talk about this a lot more. So I think we are going to start affecting companies, um, at least looking at what is my ageism. And maybe we'll start doing some more um, lawsuits, and then that will wake them up. When they lose money, that will wake them up. Um, yes. Yeah, I think we're getting to that point because there's so many boomers that are experiencing it. And now the next generation is coming up and they're mm -hmm. going to experience it. And of course, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's a terrible thing. It really is a terrible thing. And I, I just, you know, technology has been the thing that's sort of like companies just like feel like the technology is, is the obstacle between, you know, themselves and, and older workers. And that's so it's so untrue. It's so untrue. And that we're not as flexible. Well, I don't think that's the case because we we came up in a time where we had to be flexible. Yes. You know, things were not handed handed to us. Right. We we worked for it. Um, we came in and we, you know, were all wide eyed and wanted to learn and respected the elders in the company. Right. Um, because they they've been there. There's so much for them to teach us. But that's sort of fallen by the wayside too. So there needs to be a whole redirect in how society looks at aging how right. corporate looks at aging and how people individually look at aging. Um, and I, you know, I just, I just hope that that happens because the more of us that talk about it, 
the yeah, more. Yeah, I think it will because it is. is becoming more and more of a topic. I have a lot of people that come on my podcast talking about aging um, and a lot of them are on LinkedIn and they bring up the topic. It's coming up yes. a lot. So I think the more and more that we all start talking about it, it will become, um, you know, a little easier. Maybe we'll be able to combat it. I interviewed someone in Australia and he was talking mm-hmm. about ageism. So it's all over the world. It's everywhere. It, it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's everywhere, you yeah. know, and I, I think it is everywhere, but I think Americans are probably hitting, hitting it the most because, you know, we're all about anti-aging and we're all, you know, right. don't want to think about it. So right, it's, right. um, yeah. So hopefully the tide will turn. Yeah. I think it will. I really do. So tell me, tell my audience where they can find your hello self journal again and mm-hmm. give us your websites or anything else you want to share with my audience. Sure. Uh, my freelance website is dianebrunofreelance.net. Um, my journal is Hello Self Living Your Legacy by Diane Bruno, and that's available on Amazon. Okay. Um, and my blog is helloselfblog.com. And yeah, I try to post every week. I've fallen by the wayside on that. I hope to get back to that. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, and I'd love to feature people in transition as well. That's always interesting for other people too, to read about people who've made a transition, successful or not. Sometimes they don't always work out, but right. how wonderful to say that you you did it. You, you tried. tried, you tried because you will never know exactly. unless you try. You will never know. Exactly. Absolutely. And is there anything else you would like to share with us today? Like one thing that maybe we didn't talk about that you would like to share? Um, Just keep evolving. Don't say, don't stay stagnant. Keep learning. Keep challenging yourself. Um, Take time to be with yourself. Tap into yourself, which is why the journaling is very important. Right. Um, Get off of social media. Take time to just think and relax and sit and be with yourself. Um, and know that just because you're of a certain age doesn't mean that that life is over or a certain part of your life is over. Absolutely not. Keep keep plugging away. Do things that interest you. Um, and um, always look to the next day as being an opportunity. Yeah. Be active and engage. Actually, I was um, at a conference out in Las Vegas when I was 66 and I went with a lot of the younger people and we went and onto this ride where you jump off the hotel. The Stratosphere oh Hotel. Like oh, the they, Stratosphere. Sure, yeah, it sure. wasn't yes. bungee jumping, but they and they've got you all attached in lots of different places. It was very safe. You're in this suit and they've attached you to these cords and all. But when you have to actually go and jump, you're out on this little platform and you're looking Ooh. at the Las Vegas skyline and you have to jump. <laughs> Oh my good. You don't have a choice. <laughs> it's just, it was scary. So I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And he goes, jump, jump. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then I just had to jump. I just jumped. And it was fun. Once I jumped, it was okay. So I feel like that's something like when you want to start something new, it's very scary. You're going to try and talk yourself out of it. But once you take those first steps, it's okay. You go, this isn't so bad. I can do so this. Bad. Right. That's a great analogy. I love that story. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to take that jump. Don't be afraid. Take that jump. And then if it doesn't work out, start something else, try something else. You know, the more you keep trying and doing until you die, the better you, you want to be active and engaged and be doing things. You love something that you're passionate about for the rest of your life. And I, it doesn't have to be a 40 hour a week job, you know? Oh goodness. No, no, no. Cause we don't want that anymore. 10 hours a week, 20. That's all we need really need, but it engages you and keeps your mind engaged and keeps you excited 
excited about getting up in the morning, right? Yeah, and there's so many opportunities to give back things that you've learned, you know, Absolutely. your experience to give it back to to the to the community, to a younger generation. So, yeah, just keep 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 going at it and don't be afraid for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Diane, for being my guest today on Kick-Ass Boomers. I know my audience will benefit greatly from your words of wisdom. We discussed a lot and your inspiration. You're exactly what I look for in a guest so that you can inspire my audience. And I know they're going to be inspired by this conversation. So thank you for being with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Diane. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.